0: Welcome to Season 5 of Talking Home Renovations with a Housemaiden. I'm your host, Catherine McPhail. I am an architect practicing in Massachusetts. My passion is old houses, new technologies, and sustainability. Previous seasons of this podcast have featured many vendors, subcontractors, architects, designers, covering many aspects of renovations and hiring professionals to help. This season, I'll be focusing on collecting even more renovation stories, because we can all learn from each other and I just can't resist talking to people about their houses. In this episode, I spoke with Valerie Hill, who I met through Instagram, where she is hill and valley bungalow. She's an interior designer from Seattle who's working on her 1920s bungalow with her husband, Justin. We talked about following your heart, what it's like to work with a spouse and how she got some Instagram friends together in person to form a local old house community. I think the community part's really important to get support and inspiration from like-minded friends as you work through your project. Here's my conversation with Valerie. Tell me about meeting your house, the one that you're in right now. How how did that happen? Did you know it was the one when you walked in?
1: When we actually made several offers on houses in the Seattle area during about a 4-month period and we kept getting significantly outbid by it was crazy. So this house had a 1950s kitchen. So that was one thing in the favor of it not going insanely crazy with that escalation business. Um, But when I walked into the living dining room area, it just had great light. It was fairly open for an older home. And I immediately could picture my kids showing up for dinner, sitting around the table, and we would have enough room to kind of flow between the spaces. And so it just... that room felt right and then we figured out the rest Mm. from
0: there it's always funny to me that a kitchen can keep a house from selling when a lot of people redo the kitchen anyway so
1: that's true i mean
0: which i you have done over the kitchen i saw your and you're an interior designer i saw your board for the interior design for the kitchen Mm -hmm. so i love that and i never do it I mean, I would love to do it, but I don't get around doing it. Do you have any, do you have any tips for that? I would, meaning like you had your, I think you had your cabinet door and you had the color of the wall. You had the countertop and is all in this, what program do you use? And is it, it seems like it should be easy enough and yet I've never done it.
1: So uh, I use Photoshop a lot and InDesign for my layouts. Mm. And, um, and so I, most people would just call that a mood board, but right. I like to, I'm always taking photos of the finished materials and the colors and paint chips, that sort of thing. So I always have those in my phone. So then sometime I just finally, when I'm getting frustrated with the project, I'll just sit down and feel like it kind of organizes me and it kind of reminds me of where I'm going. Mm. It's kind of like that that end de- destination, the little pin in the, like, we're going to Tucson or <laughs> we're going to New York, you know. So like it's that. my little destination.
0: Yeah, you've inspired me. I think I'm going to, I'm going to try to do that.
1: It's also handy to have either on my Instagram Or in my phone so I can refer back to it because sometimes Mm. I'll be out and I'll run across something by surprise like, oh, hey, this thing might work and I'll pull up my photos so that I can verify that like, oh, yeah, this this does have a similar color scheme or it, it will fit with the style, you know, that kind of thing. Good point. I like that, too.
0: Okay, so you and your live-in handyman slash husband.
1: (laughs) Justin. (laughs) Justin,
0: you and Justin, how many houses have you renovated?
1: This would be our fourth. We've lived in five houses, but honestly, the um, California, the Los Angeles house was uh, turnkey when we moved there. Mm. And so I was actually a little bit bored because there was nothing, like all the tile was in good shape. All the quartz countertops were great. All the bathrooms had recently been done so it was like oh besides decorating there's nothing yeah to dig into so it was it was actually strangely stifling which probably most people would think oh that's great but mm. no i wanted a project
0: no i know what you mean because then what when you're done that's always the big glooming question when if you're actually ever finish an old house renovation then what what do you do do you go to the movies i mean what do you do with your time <laughs> that's what i always <laughs> wonder i've never finished one before moving out, so when did you get a degree in interior design? Was it after you had started doing this, or was that your original plan with your life?
1: So it's kind of funny. When all those um, home shows like in 2005, six, seven, eight, you know were coming on, we'd watch all these DIY shows. and at one point I was like, I, I really uh, resonated with the idea of improving spaces, and we had already worked on a couple of houses by that time, and I was like, I want to learn how to do this really well and kind of top-notch for myself so i really went back to design uh, school for me and i was first pursuing the two-year associate degree but then they um developed a four-year certified program Hmm. that would be um, a bachelor's of applied art and interior design so i decided to just continue on and so by that uh, i had gotten involved with some professional organizations and networking ended up graduating in 2015 Worked for an architecture firm and then I worked for a small residential design company kind of doing amenity spaces and apartment buildings and doing residential design, space planning, kitchens, bathrooms, that sort of thing. So realized I really preferred the residential side. So I did start my own company for a while and was doing interior design that way. And so it's partly hobby and most partly, you know, vocation making making some income that way as well.
0: Right. But now you're focusing on your own work.
1: That's true. Yeah. Right. And I actually find that um, you know I've acted as the general contractor on all that we've done here. We've re- rewired the entire house, taken decommissioned the knob and tube wiring because mm. it just I have a a little fear of house fires, so mm. I just did not want the knob and tube. <laughs> so so we've brought in professionals for those type of big things that that you need a licensed you know, electrician or a plumber who knows what they're doing with all the permit process, that sort of thing. But the things that we can do, we like to tackle, you know, smaller jobs like tiling. We've done some wallboard. I paint all the time, always painting something. So, so yeah, that's started out as, I just want to learn how to do this, worked in it for a while, and now I'm back to doing it for my own spaces.
0: And how does that work out between you two, you and Justin?
1: Well, I'm definitely the one who has a million ideas and do a lot of the planning, source the materials, figure out what cabinets or the layouts, whatever we're going to do. And he is just kind of the happy to go along. We actually work really well together with doing projects. And over our marriage, we found that that's just something we enjoy Mm. and the satisfaction when we complete a project of like, we did a lot of this. We, we don't necessarily do everything, but we do so much that it does feel like we really made our mark or left, yeah. you know, created something together. Yeah. And we always live through our remodels. Ugh, so even yeah. when the kitchen was gutted, we live here and we we entirely set up a kitchen in the dining room while the kitchen was, you know, down to the studs and to the, um, the subfloor. So, yeah.
0: Yeah. I have that to look forward to. You wrote in your bio that design is never really done.
1: Well, I think, you know, being trained as an interior designer, especially when you're working for a developer or, you know, somebody who's building an apartment building, you have to present things. You have to get the the permit plans sent into the city. There's a lot of things that happen with that. And so you have what looks like a completed design. But in a space that I'm going to live or that I, when I have worked with clients um, for residential, you want to really figure out what works for how they live in that space. And, you know, if you're, if you're planning condos or an apartment building, you know, that's more generic. People are coming and going. Mm-hmm. But someone's residence where they're going to live in this house for 5, 10, 20 years, when you design a kitchen, you want it to work for them, how they entertain. Do they cook a lot? Do they not cook a lot? Those are a lot of the questions that I would ask clients but I also had to ask myself like where 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 am I going to bake I like to bake my husband likes to cook we also have our two espresso americanos every morning so we have like a little coffee station with a little prep sink with the garbage disposal in case we get some junk in there and you know run it down so so we have two sinks in our kitchen one small one's the mm-hmm. typical but we i think that changing your mind or giving yourself a little space as you plan for whatever your remodel is going to be, whether it's the bathroom a kitchen or even how you use a rec room, that kind of
0: thing. Yeah, I do find that projects when it's your own project, if you see, let's say a light fixture that you didn't plan to buy, but all of a sudden you need to have that light fixture. So then it changes a whole bunch of other things in the room. So before you know it, I thought I had this whole thing going for my downstairs bathroom, for example, and now it's pretty different. But just because I you stumbled upon.
1: <laughs> Let's talk
0: about old houses for a minute. were you are are you an old house person? Did you start off looking for an old house to renovate? I mean, is that your is that your thing, or it just kind of happened?
1: Well, a couple of things. So we've lived in we've lived in older homes, like mid, We've lived in a mid century house. We lived in a 1938. Probably was a cabin that got moved and we've lived in a new build a couple different times. So I wasn't necessarily set on an old home, but I have visited France a couple of times, and I've been to Italy. And I think seeing how they live with so many old buildings, and they keep these buildings, and they keep loving these buildings and using and adapting these buildings. And so I've come to appreciate that kind of something that's historic that's stayed with us, even though you can use it in modern times. So I wasn't necessarily set on an an old home but have grown to appreciate them. Seattle has an abundance of older homes at this point. They haven't all been torn down or townhouses yet. But um so I and I think there's a growing community of people who are appreciating the older homes. I think older homes used to be, you know, more affordable Anymore in a lot of markets, they're not. They're just as expensive as something new. Um, but I think people are embracing restoring or renovating a house to keep the character, keep the history, mm-hmm. and uh, but also make it livable for what they're doing today.
0: Yeah, I always like that for keeping the fabric of a neighborhood intact, you know, doing something with the existing houses there, making them as modern as they need to be. On the insides but then keeping the neighborhood kind of with the same flavor you know right a lot of times the new houses are not the same scale as the old houses and then it just kind of gets everything off kilter in in my opinion but i don't mean to stand in the way of progress but an old neighborhood with old trees is i just like it better myself right me too i like that uh vibe so i heard i heard that you have developed your own old house community around where you are so how did you how did you do that because i I envision it as being kind of like a, almost like a support group, or you can, you can meet people who are interested in the same things that you are doing and maybe get advice from them kind of like Instagram, but in person. Is that what it is? Yeah,
1: it is. And most of them I actually have met through Instagram. I didn't mm-hmm. know any of them before, but I started stumbling across, you know, old home accounts. And then you'd kind of notice like, oh, this person's in West Seattle. That's not that far from me, or this person's in Tacoma. That's a little bit of a drive, but hey, it's 45 minutes. It's not too bad. So I started following them initially. And then last summer, I just had this feeling of, I I like to create community. I like to bring people. I'm kind of a gatherer. Mm. That's my personality. So I reached out to half a dozen of them and said, hi guys, uh, are you interested in starting a little group? I uh, would love to invite you to my Back deck in my backyard on a sunny August day, and we can have coffee and scones and just visit and tell us about tell each other about our houses mm. you don't know how people are going to react with reaching out into the True. the ether of the internet um, <laughs> but four different people came, two of them from Tacoma and a couple from West Seattle, and one actually lives a mile from me. so we sat around and visited um, swapped stories about our houses and it kind of started from there and then the Tacoma folks started saying oh hey I know a couple people can they join our group so we've added a couple and then West Seattle's grown some more people so last October we had a home tour within our group mm. of um, the Tacoma uh, contingency and then a couple months later in December the West Seattle group there were or houses. We went there and we tou- toured there. Um, we'll be doing another one in June um, in our area um, in the north part of Seattle. And and so really we keep it small because you don't want the whole of Seattle coming to your house. Right. But these are people that we've then met or they're a friend of a friend. So, um, so we've gotten together and you know, outside of this, and done antique shopping. Um, we're always reposting, like, "Hey, did you see this on Facebook Marketplace?" Or, "Oh, hey, there's this great shop in Seattle that uh, second use, and we all love second use, and they have a lot of like, architectural salvage." So, so anyway, it's been a great place. I mean, I check in on our little group probably every day, if not a couple times wow. and see what people are talking about. And I feel like um, geographically the Tacoma people have gotten to know each other a little better, the West Seattle but it's but we also have this this overall connection. And so even though there are other official historic groups in neighborhoods of Seattle, most of them only do walking tours and you're not ever invited into homes. Mm. So that's what I like about our little organic, grassroots group is that we, it's small enough, there's probably about 20 accounts that are all connected right now, so that I, we feel comfortable that we could invite and have 10 of those houses, you know, 10 of those families show up and come visit our house um, and welcome them in. So that's great. Yeah.
0: Is it do you use a particular platform? I mean, how do you con? how do you connect? Together. Right
1: now, we are just using the chat function in Instagram. Yeah. Although I'm hoping that we could find something a little bit outside of that, just because you never know. Sometimes Instagram does yeah. funny things never or know. accounts have been shut down for various reasons. So finding another avenue of connection yeah, is uh, on my list. Back
0: to your house. So mm-hmm. how's it been? Has it been a difficult house? Has it been more than you thought it would be? Is it just a kind of a fun way for you to connect with your husband and and work together?
1: <laughs> well, probably all of those. There have been times. Um, so this was a 1920s house. And um, in the 1950s, there was a lot of intervention to this house, mm. which, you know, for the people living here at that time, I'm sure those things that they did made sense. Um, but like, for instance, one of the things I had Five layers of flooring in our kitchen. One of them contained asbestos. We had abatement to get rid of that, and now we have level floors with all the rest of our house. Instead of you know this (laughs) inch step up into the kitchen. Yep. So so a lot of things happened. Some of I think we had there used to be a colonnade between the living room and dining room. So it kind of makes me a little sick that it's gone. Um, That it was removed, somebody painted our fireplace white mm-hmm. and we did have Batch elder tile. I don't know if they were the original Batch elder or just, you know, some version of Batch elder style. Um, so right now we're living with that white fireplace, painted fireplace, because I, had, I don't have the energy right now to strip that down to the original. And I don't really know the condition that I'll find it in. Mm-hmm. They already removed the, the hearth tile. So, you know, it, it's kind of a hodgepodge. But what we're doing is we are bringing in older elements, like I said, those um, 1920s light fixtures. They are not specifically, they're neoclassical style. They are not a craftsman style light fixture, but they are still true to the time period. Mm -hmm. So I don't think I'm ever going to have this house restored back to its original what? 1920 condition and and in some ways nor would I want to I don't want to live in a 1920s kitchen but we have made thoughtful choices to respect the era and so while our kitchen is not you know authentic 1920s pieces it is is representative of that era it's sensitive to that era and so it has a classic uh, vibe to it that fits with a 1920s house
0: so in what way just for example.
1: So we've chosen um, wood cabinets that are a shaker style. So it's a more neutral style, I think for something you can live with today, but still is um, feels right with a 1920s house. Uh, We have chosen quartz countertops, but they are a marble look with a little bit of, a little bit of gold fleck in them. That's a little nod to something fun for the current time. Um, And we're, doing some tiling in the backsplash wood floors. So nothing is particularly modern or contemporary feeling or trendy, but, but it's not trendy, but it still feels, it feels nice. It feels kind of comfortable. Like, you know, your favorite shirt. It just, it feels something familiar, but it's also new. So everything is going to take longer than you think it just will. Yeah. And, uh, we said we were set up to uh we had the tile purchased and like oh we just need to go get the the mortar and the grout and we'll just knock out this backsplash over the weekend but that's not what happened so we started we have a very small section uh, we also discovered that the thicker clay tile that we purchased doesn't really cut well with one of the um the hand-done cutters, and so we had to go back and borrow the wet tile saw from a friend, which just slices through it like bread. (laughs) It's great. So having the right tools available, having things set up, and I, I realized that the prep takes so much more time than you picture it, even if you've done tiling before, even if you've done whatever the task at hand is before, it still takes the time for prep. And then there will always be surprises, you think you're running along and then you run into a little surprise. And so we've had times that we've had to like, just quick, what are we going to do for a solution while the mortar is starting to thicken and dry out? What What do we have in the garage that we can like, you know, put here to help. <laughs> so those kinds of things happen. And we, my husband and I always joke, you know, after doing remodel renovation type work for, you know, a couple decades of marriage, We always have one, not a big fight, but we always have one tense moment that we're, it's about to turn into an argument and things are getting a little tense. We're getting a little heated and we're like, okay, take a deep breath. How are we going to solve this? I think it just kind of, uh, once you get that energy out and then you figure out, like, oh, we've got to do this together. We're a team. And then you kind of move forward. So we always joke that there's always going to be one argument per per project. So
0: <laughs> I don't know. I think that's a pretty good record. Just one, okay. one per project. So you're doing a great job there. Oh, so how can people find you oh, so. on Instagram? Obviously you're on Instagram.
1: Yes, I am on Instagram. It's at Hill and Valley bungalow. And uh, so that's my main place. And so I have some people that have followed me for a while and i like to follow people too. So really enjoying Following other people, renovating their houses, and so I find again it's more extension of that community and uh, yeah. finding your people you like to do things, you yeah do.
0: yeah, I love looking through the uh old house Instagram, the people I follow. I just love seeing how their projects are going, what they found at the architectural salvage place, or any of that. I just think it's all beautiful, you know, so i'm I'm into it, a lot of other people obviously are into it and yeah, it's nice to find your people,
1: yeah. The salvage places are like a candy store. You know, you just don't know what you're going to find, but there's always some good stuff there.
0: True. And that is the kind of place where um, my plans change. Like all of a sudden I see this beautiful, let's say stained glass window like you have in your bathroom. And then before you know it, I have redesigned something to be all around this stained glass window that's so beautiful that I can't pass up. Yeah. But that's okay. Being kind of nimble is important.
1: You mentioned earlier, like, if things change, and I I would agree with that, that um, I went back and forth on that stained glass window. Like, is it too much? Is it not enough Um, if I leave it out? But it was one of those things that you find. A lot of times I I start the inspiration for a project by something I find. Like, I don't know what I'm going to do with this yet, but it, it needs to find a place in my house and something's going to evolve around this. So... So yeah, that's yep. That's a fun, a fun. I feel like it's like the. Uh, um, there was a book I read that t- I think it's called The Artist's Way, and it's like have creative dates with yourself. So you oh yeah, yourself- I'm doing
0: that right now. Oh, actually,
1: perfect. So, so when you find that thing that just sort of lights you up inside, or just you just feel drawn to it, I feel like that it's speaking to you, and that's mm-hmm. how I think we end up with our own. Instead of following the trends or doing what your next door neighbor's house looks like and doing that same thing on repeat, I think those little sparks are what um, help us to create our own space that's unique and speaks of our personalities
0: yeah, absolutely. maybe some people are more drawn to that than others, but I do believe we all have these things that you know bring us joy and that you can't really explain it you just see it and you love it and it just makes you happy every time Definitely. so yeah, anyway, just getting to know yourself and getting to know what you love. I think that's like one of the things in life that by the time we get to be older that we have a better handle on a lot of us. So is this your last house?
1: Oh, if you were to ask my husband, he would say that perhaps it should be. Um, mm-hmm. but, you know how I said that I, I had not necessarily been looking for a hundred year old house. And ours is yep. a, its a pretty plain Jane craftsman house. It doesn't have amazing woodwork or anything. So I feel like we're having to bring in a lot of the personality and a lot of that 1920s back into the house that had been kind of redone or eliminated in the fifties. I still sometimes look at some of these more Grand houses, you see a lot of those accounts and you're like, oh, look at that staircase mm. and all the woodwork and the stained glass. This house just doesn't have that. So we are trying to bring our own charm into the space and to make it a gem for us. Yeah. I would probably enjoy the idea of finding a a more um, significant historic home to redo but the older we get the less i'm enjoying all of the the really heavy lifting and bringing you know (laughs) having to bring in the trades more that i'm not i don't have the same energy i had when i was 20 or 30 so the older the the older i get there's like hmm we've done this before do i really want to do this again so so it's 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 a toss-up we're not sure hard to say
0: I know when I talk to people who have these beautiful Queen Anne Victorians, let's say, or or the paneling that's unbelievable in the whole grand entry stairway yes. with the fireplace and everything, I think, wow, I just, my house is a federal period house. So it's plain, it's pretty plain and it's pretty cramped and it has short ceilings and it has a certain charm to it, but it's not a stunner of a house, you know. Mm-hmm. Maybe we just need to make friends with people who have those houses and go <laughs> hang out.
1: Right. Just go visit and enjoy. Enjoy. I do have a couple friends, right. with a couple grand houses. So I, I do enjoy seeing what oh, they're there doing. There you
0: go. Well, I love that you made that community. I am inspired to do that. And maybe maybe you'll inspire people across the country to do the same.
1: Yeah. Find, find your local people who love to do what you do.
0: Thanks for listening to the podcast. I wouldn't be able to do this without you, the listener. I invite you to join me on Instagram at Talking Home Renovations, where we are building up a friendly community. Other ways to get in touch are in the show notes, including the weekly newsletter that includes photos from the episodes. It's kind of worth signing up for that. Talking Home Renovations with Owes Maven is proud to be a member of Gable Media, the most engaged AEC network on the planet. If you're into architecture, check out what the network has to offer at gablemedia.com. That is G-A-B-L-M-E-D-I-A dot com. Until next time, take it easy.